This is the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. And so understand that the game, the game of who you're becoming is actually the fulfillment that you're seeking and remove yourself because that extra thousand, that extra million in your bank account is not going to give you anything. You're listening to the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss tangible tips, tricks, and best practices for becoming financially free. The show is designed for people who want to either start real estate investing or for those who want to scale their real estate business. What's up, guys? This is Jonathan Farber, host of the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. This show is all about achieving financial freedom as fast as possible so you can do whatever makes you happy in life. For me, that vehicle was real estate, and it's how I achieved financial freedom at 27. If you want to know how I got started, my journey is presented in a YouTube video posted in the show notes, and I post daily in our private Facebook group about my favorite topics and day-to-day strategies. I appreciate you guys being here, and let's get started. Oh, by the way, reach out if you ever need help. I try to keep my calendar open and talk to anyone that needs it or has any quick questions. See you guys. Guys, talk to you later. What's going on, guys? Today, we have an awesome episode with Austin Linney. Austin has been on the show before, and I've been on his podcast as well, but just an unbelievable story, unbelievable guy. Every time I talk to him, I get more fired up and also grateful. We talk about a lot of different mindset concepts on the show today, not your typical how to do this in real estate. We actually talk a little bit about why some of this is more important after a certain point than just the books on buying a rental or buying a storage unit or an Airbnb. A lot of that stuff, once you learn it, is just kind of rinse and repeat. But as far as building systems, management tools, operations, being a better leader, being a better speaker, and improving the business side of things, that's where I think the focus starts to shift. And Austin talks about that of where his mindset is, where he's kind of learning and getting that information day to day and just kind of how he thinks about it from a high level is really cool. Um, from a perspective of what you can take from this episode, the one thing that we talked about at the end specifically a lot was how to implement a better gratitude practice into your life. And it's something that I think all high achievers struggle with. I definitely struggle with it. And we both go through our strategy of how we kind of deal with that and work through it to still use it as motivation, use it to be grateful and use it to kind of just be happier than if we weren't. So that's pretty much it, guys. Short and sweet intro. Seriously, awesome episode with Austin. And he's just a really approachable guy. So as he says at the end, if you have any questions or ever need anything, reach out to him, just DM DM him on Instagram and we'll get right into it. So with that, hope you enjoy Austin Linney. Austin Linney in the building. What's good? What's up, Austin? It's been a minute. Well, you know what's interesting is you never had me on the podcast and now we get to knock them out like back to back part deuce. So I feel like uh, you're back in my good graces, my man. Wow. I fell out, but I will t- never, never, but I will tell you this, John, just so you know that people are listening to your podcast. Mm. I have never got more DMS mm. from a podcast episode than I did when I was on yours. So thank you very much. Appreciate that. I got a lot of good feedback as well. And you know, I'm some guests, they kind of just, they fly under, but I think your message really resonated because for those that don't know, I don't know the episode number, but this is now the second time you've been on. And I was on yours a couple of weeks ago. So it's good. Mm-hmm. We're catching up again. But that episode, we dug into a lot of different topics, but really we, we dug into your background of mm-hmm. how you came out of a dark place. Like for those that don't didn't hear that one yet, you guys should definitely hear it. But can you maybe just kick off with a little refresher of kind of maybe what connected with people in that episode or what people were reaching out about? You know, this is a, this is, this is a great thing, you know, um, 
something that I don't talk about a lot is because of the years of alcohol abuse and the years of, of drug addiction, um, being sober now, going up close to three years, um, I wanted to incinerate and light on fire that version of myself because I hated that mediocre alcoholic so bad that I shot so forward so fast and lost 80 pounds and everything that I forgot how to feel. Mm. Like, seriously, like I was so pushed forward that I couldn't even look back on the last three years and go, dude, you lost 80 pounds. You're working for yourself. You left your job. You started an Airbnb company. You did all these things because I was just on to the next, on to the next. And I was just not finding that like pure happiness and fulfillment, even though I coach people and I love it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm going through my own coaching certification right now. And it's really on uh, teaching the tools and tricks, but looking inside yourself. And then I had a session with my coach mm -hmm. and, you know, we're getting to the end of the year mm -hmm. and I'm starting reflecting on the year and the last year of divorce and all this stuff. And man, hell yeah. Like, you know, just like awesome because I heard something the other day, cause I was listening to uh, James Clear. Uh, talk to Ed Milet, the, the, the Atomic Habits author. And then I'm reading Gap in the Gain right now, which is an amazing book. And he says, the problem with people is they're living their life off of position. How much money do I have in my bank account? What do I, what do I, uh, what do I, you know, what do I make? What do I weigh? What do, you know, where do I live? Instead of living their life off trajectory. And if you look at my trajectory, there couldn't be a higher spike in the universe from nothing to straight up top. And as a buddy of mine said, who's a high level coach, Austin's like a rocket ship. If you stand close enough, you'll get some stardust on you. I thought like, you were going to say get burned. Damn. Okay. Either or, either either or. or depending on if you get on my bad side, but, but, but as I start reflecting on the drug addiction and the alcoholism, I am just so fucking happy mm. right now because I control my destiny. And you know, what's crazy is a lot of what people don't see right now they have no idea what I'm building. And I look at it and I go, dude, this in five years built the right way, the way that I want it with the right people, the right schedule I want is might take me longer, but it's going to be more sustained and it's going to be exactly what I want. Because as I look at my life, I want to have kids and uh, I've talked to enough parents and I coach enough of them who would give everything in their mother to invest earlier mm. to start earlier. And so I won't be that guy. Like when it's me time to, for me to be a dad, I don't care if I'm running seven companies, it's daddy time. And that's super important to me because I've seen it, you know, in my, not, not in my own personal, but from stories I've heard everything. And I don't want to, I don't want to be that type of father. I want to be present. What do you say to people that they're, they're always seeking the next thing? And I think all high achievers have a level of this where you're always pushing for the next and you're always criticizing your negatives and not really accepting or like coming to truth with your positives. It's kind of like what you said at the beginning, like we're just always pushing for the next thing. And it's like a double-edged sword because that's the push that I think makes a lot of people, you know, great and they can accomplish a lot. But at the same time, I think there's maybe a little bit of like a an emptiness that comes on the back end of it. So what do you, what do you say to people who maybe come to your coaching clients and 
they're like, you know, I'm doing these things, but I feel like I can never soak in the wins, you know, like I get a win and then it's just right back to it. How do you, how do you deal with that? Or what do you tell people with that? Well, there's a couple things going on there. One, um, you don't really love yourself completely. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is, is that you're addicted to transactional behavior instead of the process of who you're becoming. Mm. This is something that we talk about all the time. This is really important conversation right here. We could spend the entire hour here. Um, the fact that you think that you don't love what you do is your problem. And what I mean by that is you think that you're going to reach some financial success or some portfolio property. Like, John, you don't need to work right now, but you like it. And you mm -hmm. like putting out content and you like content. Like that gives you the fire to go relax and go enjoy yourself. So what they're not even seeing right in front of their face is, look, I already told you yesterday, I worked from 2.30 in the morning till seven o'clock at night. And I had more <laughs> energy at six o'clock than I did at, at eight o'clock in the morning because everything I was doing was a fuck yes. Mm. And I wanted to be there and I got to be there and I got to talk to people and inspire people. And so understand that the game the game of who you're becoming is actually the fulfillment that you're seeking and remove yourself because that extra thousand, that extra million in your bank account is not going to give you anything mm. because, because what you and I are seeking. And I know the only currency that we carry about, I know this, I don't even have to ask you is experiences. So mm -hmm. how do I create enough revenue for me to enjoy the experiences guilt-free and then also fully lean into them by being present. Those are the two things that we're seeking. Hmm. And, you know, for someone that's, let's say, starting this journey and they're, they're trying to figure out, you know, like how to, how to put together a, a mindset or maybe, you know, overcome it. And, and, you know, that's maybe what we just talked about was maybe a little bit more of like, you know, further down the road mindset of once you're already kind of achieving your goals and not soaking them in, but for someone now, let's flip it to someone that's maybe more starting out and they're, kind of coming out of, let's say they're a corporate world or a world where maybe they weren't really getting some support for what they were looking to start in their business. Um, what, what advice or, you know, what do you tell the coaching clients to come more of that world that they're like, it's funny when I talk to people that have already achieved a lot, you know, they, they have come to terms with it being the process. They're not excited about the outcome because they know the outcome is just another thing. It's like the Super Bowl winner that holds up the trophy and says, what next? But for the beginner, I like to talk to them sometimes in a different way. So like for someone who's just starting out maybe kind of like getting their mindset, right. Or starting their entrepreneurial journey, you know, like any, any concepts or pillars you'd like to really talk to them about. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I have a couple of clients that are, that are overthinkers to the nth degree, super smart. Mm. And um, the fact of the matter is I don't, what you care about doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like it doesn't like I try, like I try to shake them loose because, because what I mean by that is the significance that you're placing on this one property. Like it's going to be the hell Mary to change your entire life mm. is not the thing. Right. Like, understand that the first couple properties are practice. Like it's just, you know, the question is, did you commit to it and did you do it? And then what did it teach you? And then what did you learn? Right. And this is the big rub, right? People want me to coach them on Airbnb all the time. Hmm. And I tell them no. And the reason I tell them no is because you're only going to know when you get started. Like the nuances of the guest with the furniture, with the cleaners, with the messaging, like that is only something that can be taught by doing. I'm sorry. You can read all the books you want. And so we're so concerned about what 
the significance of the property says about us instead of just letting the property be what it is, which is sheetrock and two by fours. But the significance of the property to them is this is my whole world. And this is going to change the way I view myself. And this is going to do this and it's going to do that. No, it's piece of a bigger piece. Mm, if you yeah. keep building, if you keep building the pyramid at one point, you're going to be on top. Like, you know, but that's not what they're doing because they're thinking, you know, this is something that I've been wrestling with. I think that when you look at young people and they're investing, like let's say stocks, right. Or crypto, they're, they're, they're searching for the home run. They're searching for the savior investor instead of it being a sound investment. Mm. Meaning this is my plan, right? Nobody has plans anymore. This is my plan. I'm going to invest in, you know, a single family this year and a duplex the next year and then a fourplex. And then I'm going to go and then they're going to stick to that. But no, they get thrown off the course by the next uh, altcoin, the, you know, the next new investment strategy. And what I love is somebody that can put the blinders on and say, this is my plan. And in a year or two, I'm going to look up, I'm going to rewrite my plan. I'm going to pivot, but this is what I'm going to commit to because I'm going to learn more. Like I, I told the guy that's running my Airbnb company. Now I told him one thing, skills, I can teach you loyalty. I can't mm. like your need to care about me as a person in my family and the way I care about your family, the skills on Airbnb, I can teach that, but I can't teach that you care about me and you won't screw me over. Yeah, that's so true. Huh. What what are most of your clients like today? And and what did they typically start as? You know, because I think some of our, our audience may be kind of considering the world of coaching and they're not sure kind of like how to differentiate it. But what did you start out coaching and how has it changed into what you're coaching on today? Well, I think they all think they're gonna hire me and we're gonna talk about real estate investing, and I avoid it at all. Because mm. it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you know, that like I I mean, true story. I have five clients that are in the Jake and Gino community and I love Jake and Gino. They're the best multifamily coaching that exists out there, but what they're searching for is, okay, now I understand the multifamily space and I've made some context, but what I'm not having in my life is the accountability. What I'm not having is the personalized touch. What I'm not having is how do we envision my life in the next two to three to four or five years? And what you're searching for is a lot of times what I try to tell them is like, trust the magic. Like you don't need to know where we're going. You need to know that I know where we're going. And all I need you to do is show up. Mm. And when I get them to commit to health, commit to them to being more communicative as a spouse, being a better father, being a better mother, then guess what? Magically, all the business stuff falls away and mm. everything's easier because I tell everybody all the time, you don't have a business problem. They don't exist. You have a personal problem wrapped up in business. So if, your, really sales, if your sales suck, it's because you can't communicate for shit. It has nothing to do with your business. If you can't raise money, you need to be more polarizing and you need to have a better network. If your employees aren't listening to you, it's because you can't communicate. It has nothing to do with business. Business at its core is pretty easy. Once you understand the mechanisms of investing, you would agree to that, correct? It's funny. I talked to, uh, do you know John Cohen? Uh, Chris's old boss? Exactly. Yeah. So yes. I, I, I've I never gotten, talked to him, but I, Chris speaks highly. Yes. Great guy. I worked in his office pretty much all summer and uh, he's been on the podcast a couple of times. But what we talk about with this is, 
you know, me and him still read a lot of books, but I actually can't remember the last real estate book that I read because the strategies, once you learn them are actually very straightforward and very simple. It's just a lead and lag measure and building a funnel for finding deals, analyzing them, making offers, rounding up the money. Like there's maybe only five phases. So once, and, and they can be slightly different, but pretty similar across whatever storage, Airbnb, multifamily, commercial. But what is interesting is learning, and what I feel like most investors and business people kind of elevate to is they learn the strategies, they kind of get their base knowledge, but then they're learning about communicating, team building, managing, operations, things that actually scale a business instead of just how do I buy one property? And the part only, of that is, is mindset too. Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, no. The, so my, my client asked me something yesterday and he said, hey, what do you read? And I said, so I've never, I said, I've only shared this with you. But I read books for y'all and then I read books for myself. And he goes, explain. And I said, there are, I am fascinated with habits, goals, what drives people. And so I read those books to motivate my coaching clients. But if you were to look in my books, what I read for myself, it's about love, spirit, mindset, uh, private equity firms, uh, how to run a business, how to be a leader, how to be a CEO, because I know that the vision that I have in my head with my multiple businesses, uh, all feeding each other and, and doing all these things, plus my coaching business, I know that I'm going to have to be one hell of a visionary and CEO. So that's all I focus on. But I'm still over here living in a space where I need to know what my clients need. So I still focus heavily on new ways to motivate them. And, and one of my theories is, uh, you ever seen the movie Tin Cup? Oh, yeah. I've seen it a million times. I Classic. And when he puts, you know, his hat on backwards and he puts the shit in his pocket and all that stuff, I get my clients to do that all the time. I'm like, put three quarters in your right pocket and, and roll up your pant leg. And they're like, dude, go fuck yourself. And I'm like, dude, I'm trying to get you to get out of your head. Like, and understand that your overthinking is keeping you in neutral and understand that if you do, I also love Seinfeld. And so I tell him all the time, you know, when George Costanza acts like the opposite of every one of his behaviors and everything starts happening for him. That's what I ask him to do. Like Classic. everything that, everything that you think you should do, do the opposite. Be me <laughs> like lean into my craziness and just say, what if, you know, I interviewed Bill Allen yesterday, a uh, seven figure flipper, great human being. Love Bill. He said, he said, he said, you know, what's interesting is we always say, what if it doesn't work? He's like, what if it does work? All of it. He mm. goes, it's amazing. how as human beings, we never go to the, what if it works thing? And my question to you is, what if you were all in? Because I bear, you stand me in front of anybody. Mm. And I'll, let me look at your schedule and your behaviors. And I'll ask you if you're really all in. You hate that job. You hate that job. But have you maximized out the earning potential? And then have you set a runway to leave that job? Probably not. Like, but you're bitching and moaning and you're focused on three different things. Instead of going all in on the one. Meaning all in on yourself. Do you think you, that's a do you think that's a motivation issue or do you think that's like a focus issue? I think it's an alignment issue. Okay. What does that I mean? I think I think that I think that a lot of people are working for companies and cultures that don't align with how they truly feel inside and yet they're sacrificing their alignment to their values every day because they're making a paycheck. You know I agree with that, but I think most, I think a lot of people, they don't know what they're, they've never sat down and thought about their end goals or what their 
core values or what they want, because that's really, that's way harder to do than the, than the work itself, because you actually have to sit down and think and imagine, you know, you know what my philosophy is on values, mm. values and a code of ethics or, or like a code being Anthony, me and Anthony call it a code. My other podcast mm-hmm. hosts, like nobody lives by a code anymore. You know, back in the day, there was a code on the streets, you know, even if it was gangs, you know, and he, and what codes allow you to do is when you have a, a stern set of values, it allows you to operate in any storm. Like goals are easily manipulated. Like, ah, fuck it. I'm not going to do that. But like, if this is who I am as a person, I refuse to, uh, you know, look down on somebody and, and all these things. Like that is something that you can stand on top of no matter what storms coming at you. Yeah. And so that's my philosophy on, on values and stuff. Totally. I, I guess I, I, I totally agree with that. I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is like for people that, <clears throat> They, they have a hard time sticking with something or they have a hard time getting motivated or working hard. And I'm always yeah. thinking, what is they causing that? They don't really want the thing. But but I guess, you know, do you think that's because they haven't sat down and come up with the why no, and because the thing? They're, or... Because, they're, because they're, they're, they're showing up and doing something for mom or dad. Or what are these people oh, you're, you're saying they're just me? doing it for the wrong reasons. 100%. I was doing it. When I start when I started investing, I was like, I'm gonna be the biggest single family uh, <laughs> investor in the world. And then I did some deep work and found out that I was doing that to try to prove my dad wrong. And then wow. I, when I broke that chain, I go, well, fuck, I don't even know what I want anymore. So now I gotta rework out this whole thing and and really decide what's for me. Well, you know what's interesting, John? People text me all the time and DM me, why are you traveling so much? And my question to you is, why does it fucking matter to you? Like, <laughs> you know, and, but like, but that tells me more about them than it does me. Right. Mm. Because, because they're like, well, how is he out there being happy? Like something, something I've only shared like three times. Um, I have got, it's been close to physical altercations with men, like mm. big men, like dudes that are like way bigger than me and they're ready to fight me. And in the moment, I'm like, I don't even know what the, I'm not, I don't, I don't even have an angry bone in my body. I don't understand what's going on. And what I found out was they're so pissed off that I'm sober, healthy, and happy, and they can't Mm. get sober. And my, I'm a reflection of them not being able to get sober and it eats them alive inside. Do you find that you get more support from people that aren't like longtime friends sometimes than people that maybe you grew up with or, or, you know, would, they don't would know how to spend. handle me. They don't know how to handle me right now. They're like, Whoa, Whoa. What do you, what do you mean? Oh, you're a coach and you're, you do pocket. Who the fuck do you think you are? Oh yeah. You know, you, yeah. we saw you drunk as shit with us doing cocaine and fucking acting like an idiot. Mm. And we went to high school with you. Like what's crazy is when I, stopped in the restaurant business and moved over to podcasting and coaching. I used to get DMS all the time. Like, I don't know who the fuck you think you are. You're a piece of shit. You know, you, you're a fucking loser. Like all the time. They kind of stopped, but Mm -hmm. then those stopped. But I found out from a friend who they didn't know he know me went back to my old restaurant and they were talking so much shit about me. And I was just laughing my ass off. They're like, who the fuck does he think he is? But here's what's funny. Hmm. In the last three weeks, I've had three of my old managers reach out to me and ask me for help. That is always a funny feeling. And that's, that is full cycle on the entire, like start out is getting hate, then figuring it out. Then how, how do you, you know, like for someone, and we've both talked about this and felt it, but 
for, for let's say a client that's coming to you and they're really stuck on imposter syndrome and they're really stuck on the opinions of others. And you started podcasting. I started podcasting. These are both public kind of displays. You're putting yourself out there. Um, so if someone has, is coming to you and they're really worried about their, their image, how they're going to be perceived or what their friends are going to say and DM them, you know, how do you think about that? Or how do you coach them through that? It's not for them. It's for you. Like the activity, the activity is, is for you. And, and, and what I always tell myself, cause guys, so on next Thursday, a 300 episodes, so 350 total in a year and a half. Wow. And I did not look at my downloads for a year and a half. Cause I knew that if I, I wasn't mentally strong enough in the beginning to fight the no downloads. So mm -hmm. I was just like, this is why I tell myself every time I click record one person, one person. That's the exact same thing. I, I was saying more at the beginning. I still love that concept, yeah. but at least now I know I am helping more people. One. Yes. One. And you know, what's interesting. The moment that your that your confidence weans, you get the message. The moment that you're, you feel like you're about to lose it. I would get the, review of the <laughs> podcast, you know, and it's like the universe knows it's like giving you this morsel, like just keep going for another week because here's the stat that'll blow your mind out of the back of your body on Apple iTunes. 40% of the podcasts have one episode. That's wild. Is that true? Yes. That's wild. You know, that, that reminds me of like people that buy a course and they never even open up the modules. Dude, it's the, just greatest, the greatest meme I've ever seen was a dude with a monster backpack, like a military backpack, head to shoulders, big as shit and and on the top it said all the memes and courses that men and entrepreneurs have bought they haven't used <laughs> that bag is bigger than anyone could carry i mean actually though but but okay so i didn't know that about the one episode thing but you know i guess it doesn't surprise me when you think about it but you know like it, it for most people you hear them say i guess now playing devil's advocate a little you hear people say, oh, you just, the first of anything is the hardest, which is true in a lot of cases, but why, you know, like, do you think those people are stopping because they got criticism or hate or they well, realize it was hard or what? Well, they didn't start it uh, for the right reasons in the first place. Back to the reasons. Yeah. In you, did, you didn't start it for the right. It's not for anybody else. Mm. Guys, the number one thing that I had to make peace with is I can't control two things. When you hear this, and where you are in that moment and when you consume it. So meaning it's like reading a book and then reading the same book a year later, you're a different person. You feel different things. This conversation, so somebody might get it six years from now and it's right what they needed, right when they needed it. Like, so if that's the case, then I just have to be authentically me. And if I'm authentically me, I don't have any competition. And if I don't have any competition, then we're just having a conversation. Mm. But we're just having a conversation then who even cares? Like, yeah. you know, because what people don't tell you, and I'll be 100% vulnerable, I still get scared out of my fucking mind speaking at an event. Like, I'm talking pulse racing, shortness of breath, and I've done four of them, okay? And guess what? The first time really sucked. <laughs> and then on four, it was a little easier. Mm. And it's going to get easier and easier. But my goal is to speak on a stage. I got a long way to go. So just because I've done 400 episodes doesn't mean... <laughs> And here's what's crazy, right? This is another thing they talk about. Do you know that I just now ordered a new camera and got new lights after 400 episodes? Like I just upgraded my whole thing. 
like everybody's making excuses you know it's like just click record and then over the time you know you will do it if you talk to any of these guys these bigger dudes they're like i was just posting on youtube three times a week for five years and nobody was listening and they didn't care and guess what they're doing now they're taking all that old video with their huge audiences repurposing it <laughs> mm, so true I, I, f- I forget if it was you that I talked about this with, but it might've been like that, that if you go back, Gary V, all his old stuff is still up on YouTube. You could just sort it by release date. Like it's, it's worse than anything any of us are putting out way worse, but it's just consistency and not doing it for the approval of others. Kind of like you're talking about. And like with podcasting, it's the same thing that, that I, I tell people too, with, if they want to meet more landlords or just network more, I'm like, don't do it for the, for the reviews. You're not going to make any money podcasting in your first year, let alone maybe a couple of years, do it to meet the people, do it to, to build your brand and just associate with them. There's no better way to meet people than podcasting. So like, why not? And then you're going to be learning as you're doing it. You're going to be improving your skills. You're going to be like changing your surrounding, you're going to all these benefits, but you're not it's, doing it for anyone else. It's conversation practice. Mm. Like, Perfect example. I started dating my girlfriend. I'm on a phone call with a guy who's minimum investment. Okay. I want everybody to open their ears. Minimum investment is 200 mil. Okay. This dude does like $1.5 billion deals. I, I don't know this guy for shit. Okay. So I get him and this monster developer in a room. Somehow I'm the guy that got all these people in a room together. Okay. I don't even know what's going on. So he's got 15 minutes. That's all he's got is 15 minutes. The con my girlfriend's listening to the conversation. All she can hear is my side. The contractor then goes in to talking about how they build shit and like, it's mind numbingly boring and it doesn't matter to this point. Right. And I literally don't know anybody on this call. And I go, Hey, Bob, shut up. And by the way, this guy's like a big builder. And I was like, he doesn't care what you build. We're here to talk about money. And the, the big guy goes, thank you. And Bob's like, yeah, I'm sorry. And, and so like, then we got back on track. We had the meeting and she looked at me and she goes, what just happened? Like, how did you, like, why did you do it? And I was like, oh my God, I felt so bad. Like, I was like, oh my God, what did I do? I got two texts from the guys that brought me on the call. Go, thank you so much. We, we, we see why you belong in that room. That's what they said. And what she goes, how were you so comfortable with doing that? I said, I bartended and sold wine for 20 years. I've had millions on millions of conversations with people from all over the world. And you have to be light on your feet when you're bartending and thinking and quicking. And so I've had practice for 20 plus years to be an uncomfortable, spontaneous situation. So that's why I can flip and, and move and see how they're acting. And like, but a lot of people haven't had those conversations. If you're working and you're on zoom or you're a web developer, like the only way to do it is to actually have conversations with people and get out there and, and, and understand that everything in life per se is practice. Everything's practice. It's like, it's like a lot of people, they think they're bad at something. They're not bad at something. They just have done it three times mm-hmm. as opposed to someone that's done it for 10 years. So of course you're just, you're green, but you can't judge yourself and say you're bad at it. You've just never practiced. Do you know who Brene Brown is? 
Uh, yes, I've never. She really, wrote a bunch of books. I never really checked books, out her stuff, but I know she Amazing books is. on leadership, uh, scientists, the whole thing. So she wrote this book called Dare to Lead. It's an amazing book on leadership, vulnerability. And they did a study of like a thousand people, and they they asked them, and they they did the data, and, and they asked them. They said, "How long does that awkward?" feeling last you know that awkward moment when you're going to do something when you're when you're standing up in front of the people and the her staff answered they were like two minutes three minutes four minutes so between 1500 people they found out it lasts for eight seconds that's eight seconds of of being uncomfortable with yeah. whatever you're about to do it's a bull ride yeah gotcha. it's a bull ride you know <laughs> and so if you can get over the hump every time that you get over the hump you're conditioning yourself the confidence is rising mm. and so what people don't understand and one of the people they ask me all the time how i'm so consistent and it's a simple question i for 35 years of my life broke every fucking promise that i made to myself i started something didn't finish started didn't finish did this said i was going to do this didn't do that all the time and i had mm. no confidence whatsoever and so i made when it, when it, when it hit me, I could tell you where I was. I could tell you the day I could tell you when it hit me, this concept, it wasn't the promises that other people broke to me. It was the promises that I broke to myself that destroyed my inner confidence that didn't allow me to do anything. So I made myself a declaration that if I start something or commit to something that I will see it through. And, and I am aggressive about this concept. And so the consistency is not an option for me mm. because I refuse to be that person again. And those little wins, those winning the day, attacking the day, losing a pound. Like, here's the deal. True story. Once again, podcast numbers. I mentally couldn't step on a scale when I started losing weight. I couldn't deal with the yo-yo. It was, I'm riding high. Oh, then I would gain a pound. And then I don't. So you know what I did? I threw the fucking scale out. And I said, if I feel great, then I got to be losing weight. You know what? I looked up and I lost 70 pounds. I love that. Yeah, I love that. It's just like for in so many ways, you're <clears throat> you're taking away the wrong pressure and you're adding the right pressure mm -hmm. to, to get yourself to do the things that you know you ultimately know you should be doing or need to do. And I forget it was probably another podcast, but <clears throat> really stuck with me that line that you want to build your confidence, just keep the promises. Ed you, you, you keep yeah. to yourself. Yeah. It's a, okay. Then Ed Milet. and you can start small with it, but for people that have no confidence, if you're looking for a, a blueprint, health, health, how to, how to get confidence, it's keeping small promises to yourself and gaining momentum with that. If you say you're going to do one push up, do that push up. The next day you could do two, just keep that commitment and watch it snowball into something that you've probably never done before. You, but until you, know, you, until you start small, it's impossible to just jump in and do the thing that's impossible to do because someone else is doing it for 10 years. James clear said that by doing that one push up every day, you're putting a deposit into your future self. Mm. Yeah. That's and really so, good. Yeah. And I was like, that's it. And so I have a client that I'm fighting tooth and nail to get him to work out. Like, I mean, literally like it's a full on war. Okay. Wait, wait take us through this. I, I like, this is a perfect example. There's plenty of people listening to this that would love to work out more and they just can't get themselves to do it. Okay. I so used to be favorite, one of them too. I used to be so one of them favorite, too. So my it. favorite thing is this. So my new client today, she goes, yeah, I'm just not where I want to be. And I'm not meditating. I'm not doing anything. She goes, you know, I just can't find the time. I go, yeah. One minute meditation. How could you fit it in? <laughs> really rough. 
you know, and I'm like, no, you're not committed to it. So I'll bring you back to this guy. So I love this guy. I really do. He's a good dude. And he went through, he went through a rough patch and we, we, we bridged the gap of him leaving the job he wanted to, he got a pay increase. He got the job he wanted. He got stock options. He got everything. He's had a baby and he uh, was really in a dark place. And we got him out of all that. And I said, Hey man, could you just walk for five minutes a day? And he goes, no, he goes, it's not going to do anything for me. Mm. And I was like, um, of course, that attitude. I said, the problem is, is that you think it's about the walk. It has nothing to do with the walk. It's the commitment of doing it and what it says to your brain. And then after we get seven days in, let's turn it to six minutes of walk, mm. seven minutes of walk, 10 minutes of walk. And I promise you, if you walk 10 minutes a day and listen to a motivational video, there's no chance that in 365 days, you tell me, you, you wouldn't be better for it because what 100% what the problem is, is that they're basing their, their life off of a scoreboard instead of a lifestyle. And what I mean by that is my lifestyle is I am going to be a healthy person and I work out every day. Did I say how I work out? Did I say how much weight I was lifting? Did I say what I was wearing when I worked out? Did I say what shoes I was wearing? No, I said, I'm going to work out. So guess what? When we didn't have any power, for three days and no water in, in Texas during the ice storm, I worked out. It mm -hmm. didn't fucking matter. If I'm on the road, it doesn't matter because that's what I do. And I'm far less critical of what I do, but that I do it. Mm. That's yeah. the rub. That's so, so spot on, man. Like you talk to someone who has the habit of working out. They don't care if they're doing it in jeans and they're just going to do some lunges or some squats or some push-ups. They don't care where they're at. If it's the end of the day, the beginning of the day, they're traveling. It's just, it's what they do. Even five minutes is better than nothing. But then when you don't do anything, those start to stack and you get further away from whatever habit you were in. But anything small, even if it doesn't feel like, like, like anything in the moment, I mean, it, it starts to, to build. And I like that James Clear thing that it, what, what is it? Uh, he said that he said that everything that you're doing today is a deposit on your future self. Yeah, that. But also my one of my favorite books is Slight Edge before Atomic Habits. It was Slight Edge. And he says the problem with daily habits is they're so easy to do that they're easy not to do. Was that the same book? Just renamed yeah, or a different book? No, it, no, it's a different book, different author, Jeff Olson. It's an amazing book, uh, Slight Edge. Uh, everybody lives, you know, loves it. And he said the problem is, is that if you don't eat the burger or you eat the burger, you won't die today. But if you do that multiple times over, you know, it creates it. And the, the problem is, this is the problem. The problem is it's not the one day you miss the workout. It's that the one day turns into three, turns <laughs> into a week. That's the problem. Instead of saying like, you know, you know what, you know, everybody says there's two things that everybody says that I'm so over. And, I, and if you say it in my presence, I'm going to punch you in the nose. Uh, hey, man, how you doing? I'm busy. Go fuck yourself. Everybody's mm. busy. That's a, that's a cop out. And you're not telling me what's really going on. The second thing is, is that, uh, you're saying like, um, uh, he's like, Hey, I, I lost my train of thought, but, but that, cause that gets me so angry. Cause I'm so over the word busy. It just drives me crazy, but it's like, stop worrying about what it looks like and just do the act in general. And like, Oh yeah, that's what it was. So everybody tells me I had a bad day. Ah, eh, fuck your bad day. That doesn't exist. Did you have a bad hour? Did you have a bad hour? Did you have a bad 30 minutes? Okay, well then why does it need to forecast the entire day? Did you get to see your kids today? Did they smile? 
Well, then it wasn't a bad day. Mm. So stop, stop paying this broad brush. It's the problem that you're saying you had a bad day, which then turns into the next day, the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And then we're down to, I got to pull you out of the snake pit instead of just saying <laughs> it was, instead of it was one day a day. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, like there are different types of coaches out there. Okay. And, and I'll, I'll use it for a reference point. My, my buddy, Anthony, who's my co-host is an amazing human being. They bought so much real estate this year. This dude is analytical. Like you've never believed. Anthony will not pull you through the window. That's what we call it in coaching. Anthony is not coming to save you. He will give you every tool and tactic, how he's bought $30 million worth of real estate today. But if he has to expend one piece of energy to pull you out of the fire, it ain't happening. Mm. You got to pull yourself out and you got to have your own motivation. Now, I will go down there in the snake pit with you and fight <laughs> the snakes with you, but it's exhausting. Because what I tell people all the time is, how do you expect me to fight for you if you won't fight for yourself? Yeah, that's really tough. I mean, that's, I, I think I'm more in Anthony's camp. So you're oh, doing I know a you're different level of work. You are the same person. Yeah. But, but it's, I mean, when you, when you think about it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just going to whatever level someone needs help, but that's how, okay. One, one thing that I didn't want to, to not touch on this episode, it might be related. Curious how you answer it, but how does, how do you see, um, you know, being, being grateful or gratitude tying into this stuff? It's kind of back to the beginning point where we're talking about like always being ahead, never in the moment. I feel like, you know, that's sort of tied to gratitude that, you know, you're, you're not, you're not happy for what just happened. You want the next thing that that'll make you happy. I struggle with it. I think a lot of, a lot of people in business and, you know, <clears throat> achievement struggle with it. So do you think it's tied to what we're just talking about of, you know, like the demons that people have and their motivations or, you know, like, how do you think about, you know, gratitude practice or anything with your students? I think it's the foundation that everything sits on and understand that, you know, what's interesting. I was, <laughs> I was laughing my ass off and you'll love this. So my business partner and my old coaching client texts me and he's like, Hey, uh, what if we bought a property, uh, one Airbnb a year, you know, beach, sun, uh, mountains, Texas. He's like, what if we did that? And like you and my family and your family shared it. And I said, fucking great. I'm sitting on the couch, right? This is like uh, Monday. Mm -hmm. I go, where do you want to be? And he like whips out a map and he like kind of like circles it and he goes anywhere in there. And so I made two texts and I just happened, you know, any agents in the area, Charleston. Mm -hmm. And uh, my buddy said, uh, actually, I'm wholesaling a property right now. That'd be a perfect Airbnb. And I text back my buddy. I said, well, that took about four minutes. And I was laughing my ass off and how great life is because I'm in California. The guy that had the property is in Seattle. And the dude that I was going to partner with is in Cincinnati. Nobody is in Charleston. Nobody's even near Charleston. So wild. And how, what an amazing world we live in. That that and we, you know, we might buy it. We might not. We might partner. It doesn't matter. Mm. but like to understand that you create the world you live in everything is available but here's the rub 90 percent of people i see this in every single one of my clients you cannot build shit or create your vision from survival mode it doesn't exist what, what do you mean by that when you are just trying to get to the next day when you feel like you're on a treadmill that you can't get off when you hate your job when you're not happy with your relationship, you cannot vision anything. 
until you stand up That's on top point. of abundance and gratitude, then you can create whatever life you see because options become available in your mind off of pure abundance. That is a great point. I never really thought about it that way, but that's, that's really good. Do you, do you have any practices that you think about for gratitude? Like, or is it just acknowledging you know when do? something cool you know happens I like that? I listen, I listen to old podcasts of, of myself, of yourself. I'm a story. So I had this podcast I did before I started a podcast and I was on my coaches and it was after my parents told me that my mom cheated on my dad. And it was like, I, I found out 20 years that was a lie and all this shit, whatever. Mm. And I listened to that guy and I'm like, dude, that motherfucker has been through some shit. I was like, and it like kind of like snaps me too. And so my videos and my post and my documentation is kind of my marker for life. Mm. And so I can go back and realize like, dude, it wasn't just like three years ago that you were like bartending. Like it's insane. And that's kind of my signal to myself that like, dude, you've done a lot in a short amount of time. You know, I actually, uh, I actually stole something from you on our first podcast and I tell every one of my clients. So you're, you're in my coaching business. You said that you're so busy, especially when you were working your W2, that you would go through the whole week and you wouldn't even realize that you did some wins. And so you mm. had a win count column on your thing. And so I, when something good happens or something, I put that in my phone so I can go back and look at that to make sure that I realize that those are the moments. Now, that being said, I don't, Everybody doesn't need to know my business, but every time I close a deal, I listen to 24K Magic by Bruno Mars. And it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of my signal. And it's kind of like my anchor to say like something good just happened. Got it. That's, that's like the, the close of the loop. If we're going Mm -hmm. like, like, um, uh, what's that book, uh, habits, the, the habit loop book. But anyway, I, you know, what's so funny about that, man. And, and for anyone listening to this, you know, how, what maybe you can apply it to your situation. I struggled with gratitude for a long time and I still do, but to your point, something that made it much easier for me was looking back at where I used to be. And, mm-hmm. and I, for, we all forget how shitty some things were like, but the problem is we just adapt to our new normal and we forget. So like when I'm struggling with gratitude, I think about getting on a forecast call with my manager. I think about doing partner and customer calls in my old corporate job with people that I couldn't stand. And I just had to keep my mouth shut and listen to them berate us. That makes me feel grateful. I still struggle with, you know, I'm, I say it and I try to think about like, I'm grateful that, you know, I have my legs and I can walk. I've never had that taken from me. So it's hard for me to truly appreciate it. So what has helped me with gratitude is thinking back to your point of my own life circumstance when things were really bad or, you know, like way worse. And I was like borderline depressed compared to where I am now, or at least, you know, I know no one can tell me what to do every day. And that right there, just little, little bit of happiness and gratitude. So I think for, for people, Maybe like listening to this from your point too, if you can think about the progress you've made, where you were and where you are now, that's a huge confidence boost. And that's an easy way to grab some gratitude, I I think. I have a quote that I say to myself, I took from Darren Prince, who was a Kobe Bryant's agent, Muhammad Ali's agent, who had a drug problem. He read, read an amazing book called Amy High. He said, I'm not who I want to be. I'm not where I want to be, but at least I'm not who I used to be. Yeah, that's great. That's this. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, on the back of that, you definitely need to read Gap in the Game by Darren Hardy and, and Dan Sullivan. What you just described is what the entire book's about. 
Gap and in the game. He said, Gap in the game. Brand new book. It's amazing. I'm like, just started it. He said, what the problem is, is that the reason you don't have gratitude is that you're trying to compare yourself to an ideal version of yourself that you've created in your mind. And instead of looking backwards and realizing how far you came. Austin, that might be the best note ever to tie off on. What is the best way that people can get in touch, man? Check you out, social media, all that. So austinlindy.com uh, has all the podcasts. You can connect with me there. Uh, Instagram, Austin Lindy, shoot me a uh, DM, totally respond to you. And uh, can't thank you enough for having me on, my brother. Austin, great, great catching up as always, man. We'll have to do it in person, maybe in the spring, either in another creator house or maybe uh, yeah. on stage at one of your events. But seriously, yeah. man, always great coming on or uh, catching up. And thanks, man. Thanks, my man. All right, talk to you soon. Hey, you millennial millionaire. Are you looking for help getting to the next level in real estate? Are you looking for accountability and strategy to achieve your goals? If so, Jonathan is now taking on one-on-one -on -one students and opening a few spots in his private mastermind. It's affordable and welcome to everyone. If you had any questions or think you may need a boost, send Jonathan a message on Facebook or email at johnjfarber at outlook.com.